friends, welcome to the Eating Elephants podcast, where we learn God's word one bite at a time. My name's Holly, and I pray that you are encouraged today. Hey guys, I have a treat for you today. Kathy Winnegar will be joining us on today's podcast. She is... Um, a retired pastor's wife and a retired youth leader. She was my pastor's wife and youth leader growing up. She has been like a mother to me and she has helped mold me into the person that I am today. I know you are going to be blessed so much by the wisdom that she shares. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I so greatly appreciate it. And I wanted to do something a little different that could help add value to other people. And because this is a um, Bible-based podcast, I thought it would be um, cool to see how other people um, study the Bible. So my first question to you is, what is your favorite Bible story or book of the Bible or person in the Bible and why? Well, my favorite book of the Bible is definitely the book of Isaiah. It's packed full of his love for us, um, how he redeems us and restores us and corrects us. Uh, If you need strength and peace, uh, encouragement. Isaiah shows us how big God is and how small mankind is compared to God and that God is able to pull up kingdoms and to plant them and that he sits upon the circle of the earth. And if anything would encourage you more, I couldn't imagine because the book of Isaiah has it really really has it all. And then my favorite person of the Bible has to be Paul. He was no, no man alive had greater revelation than the apostle Paul. And yet you see him be so open with his own emotions and his own weaknesses. And yet he wrote two thirds of the new Testament. So the apostle Paul is definitely my number one. He is pretty awesome. I kind of like Peter because he always seems to put his foot in his mouth. I'm pretty great at that. I think me and Peter have the same temperament. (laughs) I think that's how I was able to always relate to teenagers because um, my my temperament was much like uh, uh, him. (laughs) That's awesome. And man, Isaiah, you know, I don't know if I have read the book of Isaiah all the way through because it seems um, kind of, I don't know, like maybe challenging because it's like a prophetic book. Um, So you've really encouraged me to read that. That might be my next um, book that I read. I'm I'm currently in, well, I read Proverbs every day and then um, I'm in Romans right now. So I might, I might switch over because I've just started Romans and try to read Isaiah. Okay, so um, in this season of your life, how are you pursuing Jesus? Well, through, of course, his word and and prayer. But I have found since I've retired, it's like my 
I was such a busy person because we pastored full time and we, I did youth ministry full time and I, I just did so much. My life was um, so busy because I still worked full time and did clean two houses every day. And then I drove the church van to pick up everyone and I did the fundraising and I, I really look back on it and think, my lands, how did you even do it all? But (laughs) I wondered the same thing as a teenager and still now I'm like, how on earth did they do that? And I live, (laughs) I have no idea, but I will tell you, there was sometimes I could be at the church vacuuming the sanctuary on Saturday evening around one or two in the morning so that you could have a clean sanctuary to come in on on Sunday morning (laughs) because I would be so busy but when that when we retired and that stopped um wow you talk about a shock to the system and then God has been really ministering to me of how to just be quiet before him and that's a that's weird to me you know (laughs) because I was always so busy and I and and of course I always had my prayer time in my studying of the word but I still was so busy um that never to just sit and to meditate upon him to just be quiet before him and so in this is what God is how he's having me to actually pursue him is to be quiet and listen to him. And that has been, that's been very precious, but it has definitely been very different for me. (laughs) Absolutely. I I can't even imagine that would, it would be very different for, for sure, but different isn't always bad. I think sometimes we associate a new season of life with, it being bad because it's it's different and we don't like change and then then when you're doing that when you have been such a busy active and in the ministry because my life was the ministry and it was so packed full that when I then was retired and of course I was busy caring for my mother so thankful that I was able to do that and then I babysit my grandchildren but it can make leave you feeling unfulfilled like you're not really doing anything for God and God has had to remind me that I'm ministering to my family and that is a top priority and that Um, as I sit in silence with God and I meditate upon him and I, I'm in communion with him, that is a top priority because you can be so involved in the ministry that God can just kind of take the sideline while you're doing his ministry. And that's a crazy thing to, but it's something you can get caught up in. Um, Absolutely. I think um, no matter what season of life that you're in right now, um, everybody kind of has been sidelined with the the coronavirus and the social distancing and the stay-at-home orders. And um, every church is kind of taking a different approach 
but right now, um, our church doesn't have like Wednesday night class. And, um, that's when we would, I, I would serve in the kitchen every other Wednesday and, um, get to go to the adult class every other Wednesday. And it, not serving is sad to me. Like I, that's probably the thing I miss most, um, is because you, it's just weird. Like not, not being able to serve is just very odd. So I think everybody is experiencing that in some capacity just due to our current situation. It's, it's weird, but it is also good, you know, to take the time that we have and focus on God. And even though not serving is different, um, it's not most important spending time with God is most important. So thank you for sharing that. That's really good. Yeah. Um, what are you currently learning and, um, or, or what is God currently teaching you right now? Um, I think that what God has been teaching me right now is to grow old with grace. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Um, Uh, because it's, it's a hard journey to grow old. Um, and, uh, and to be, uh, go again, like not active like you once were. And because I was such an active person, daylight to dark, and then to stop that, and then to learn to grow old with grace and be used just wherever he wants me to be or do. And if that is babysitting my grandchildren and, and um, like today, is Thursday and I will strip my daughters and her all their beds and wash their linens and so when she comes home she will get to sleep in a clean bed well that's ministering to my daughter and my grandchildren the love of God and so learning how to look at the menial tasks of being a homemaker because I was never a homemaker Mm-hmm. And so I will set her down tonight to fried chicken and all. Oh. And so when she nice. comes home, she comes home to a clean bed and a hot, relaxing bath and, and a wonderful supper. And I do the dishes. And, and so that in itself is ministering to my family. And so now that's, it's so different. It's, but but it is like growing old with grace and realizing that my ministry has just taken on a different face completely. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that fried chicken. I want to go to your house for supper tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh goodness. But it's interesting because, um, you know, somebody, uh, you might have a young mom in her early 20s, and she might be in that same sort of situation, um, just her age is different, but she might be a stay-at-home mom caring caring for her kids or her husband or a single mom or, or whatever, um, and it can feel a bit mundane, but it's not. Your family is your ministry, so that's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I think sometimes we just need a, a perspective change. Yeah, because I think the young mother can feel like, um, because people tend to put down stay-at-home moms, 
and listen, yeah. their job is unthankful. It's a, oh my <laughs> goodness, and it's so hard. Let me tell you, I was always a working woman, and so, um, you know, I went out and I had to leave my home. And let me tell you, I think actually, if I look back on it, I'd rather went out and went to work than stayed home, and <laughs> because <laughs> you sometimes can get stir crazy. And you could want a little, you know, time away from the children and the noise and the uh, the dogs and the, you know, all that mundane stuff that you just have to wake up to daily. Well, I got to go out of the home daily and then come back to the house. Well, either way, but I think a housewife, she is so underrated. Oh, my goodness. it It's work and it is not for the faint of heart. Let me tell you. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You're so right. We, um, I had the privilege of staying home with the boys for gosh, a long while. And it is, I'm so thankful that I had the opportunity to do that. It was tiresome and you do sometimes feel lonely, <laughs> but I, I'm so thankful that I had that opportunity to, to see everything. I didn't miss anything with the boys. Um, very, very blessed for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I like this question and I'm really excited to ask it to you. What advice would you give your teenage self? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a good one, too. I was such a dumb teenager. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I didn't think for myself. And if I could go back, I would tell Kathy Hosick to be a critical thinker, to think about her life. And I just made so many mistakes as a teenager because I wasn't a thinker. I didn't think about anything of my future. It was just living for today's fun. And I think because we as teenagers are very selfish, you know, and it's not our fault uh, because most of the time we're raised to be selfish, you know, but I think because I wasn't a critical thinker, I didn't think about anything. I made major mistakes and then it took me down a road that I didn't want to be on and uh, but in the end it brought great blessing to my life because I was able to turn all of that yuck and muck that I walked through because of wrong decisions and I was able to help so many teenagers through their lives and um, even today to talk to a young person and help them to navigate those teenage years that are so crazy. <laughs> so I would say yes, to, are. <laughs> I would say to be a critical thinker. And and um I try to say that now to my my teenage grandchildren is about thinking about your life. And because this is such a short time, a little short season. And uh and it can determine the way of your life. So to be a critical Absolutely. thinker would be my major yeah. say, thing I would say to Kathy Hosick. That is great. Great advice to everybody. 
um, regardless of your age, that's wonderful. Um, okay. So the last question I have for you, what is one like fun life hack or professional tip or personal tip that you would like to share with everybody? Well, I have two life hacks that I can tell you. Okay. One is fun and one is, um, about work. (laughs) Okay. One, if you hold your Oreos with a fork, when you're dipping it into your milk, (laughs) you won't get your fingers messy. (laughs) All right. So use a fork when you eat Oreos and always have a glass of milk with it. Yeah. Well, I dip. And does it stay on? I dip my, yeah, they'll stay on your fork, but you have to kind of dip it. it. Like, so use, but see, I feel my like glass full. It in? I feel my glass full and I dip my Oreo in that milk with my fork and then I eat it. And um, so that's one of my life hacks. Remember, <laughs> right, I'm a professional like Oreo eater. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Okay. Okay. Right, and good. this is my life hack to uh, work. When I start to cook my supper, I fill up my sink with clean dish water and a little teaspoon of bleach. And I always wash my dishes as I go, as I'm uh, cooking, because I can't cook in a dirty kitchen. And so I wash my dishes as I go, as I'm cooking and I'm done with that vessel, it goes into the dishwater and I'm washing it while I'm cooking. And I have a clean kitchen all the way through my supper. That's nice. So you don't like, do you like let pots and pans soak overnight or no? No, 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 I have to clean up. (laughs) (laughs) One of the bad things for me is that I cannot rest if I have dirty dishes. So I have to. I just don't have that problem. I really wish I did, but I don't like, I wish I had that. I I love when people are like, I am OCD. I have to do this. Gosh, I I wish I I had some OCD (laughs) about me, but I really don't. (laughs) But but one thing that I do have is that I can't stand to wake up to dirty dishes. There's sometimes my family, they don't know how to eat out of Orville Redenbacher popcorn bags. (laughs) They must put it into a bowl. Which is absolutely <laughs> crazy to me. It's come in its own little bag. And uh, <laughs> so sometimes I can get up and go to the restroom in the night and go back, walk into the kitchen. And there can be like four bowls, big bowls. And I'll have to go wash those bowls. <laughs> oh, my word. Oh, no. So no, I have no. found myself in the kitchen <laughs> at midnight or later washing those bowls. But um Anyway, I do like to do that. But if you will fill up your sink at uh, at supper time when you begin to, uh, and then you just clean as you go, and it just makes it so much easier. There you have it, friends. I hope that as you go throughout your day, you guard your heart, guard your mind, and guard your instructions.